This is PhotoBizX, episode number 447, and today we are talking lead generation, a website that converts with killer copy, one of the best websites I've seen, business growth, and utilizing associate shooters even though the business is in your name. Our special guest is Mike Zawadzki, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the PhotoBiz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. We're looking forward to getting into this one. I hope your year has started off extremely well. There's been some great discussion inside the members Facebook group. One in particular comes straight to mind. It was started by John Glazer, who is a past interview guest, a future interview guest, and also a premium member. He asked the question, what would you say to someone who made an inquiry to book you for their photography? why you are as expensive as you are. And it's been really interesting to read some of the replies. So get in there and have a look at those and add your thoughts and feedback if you are a premium member. If you didn't catch last week's episode, the first one of the year, it featured wedding photographer Michael Anthony, who has a seriously successful wedding photography business. But what I love about what he shared is the detail that he goes into regarding the data around his business. And Michael is utilizing that data to grow his business from little details like which photos on his homepage are getting the most clicks. And those ones are getting moved up to the top of the page. Looking at his Google Analytics, looking at his leads, his conversion rate, how many people are actually booking from the different campaigns that he's running. It was a fantastic interview with a ton of detail and no matter whether or not you photograph weddings or any other genre, you will get a lot from what Michael had to share. So get back and have a listen to that one if you haven't. And yes, Mike from today's interview is also a wedding photographer, but again, it doesn't really matter if you photograph another genre. You will still get a lot from what Mike has to share. And this is another case of you should check out his website before you even get into the interview because it will give you a much more rounded picture of some of the things that we're talking about because he has a seriously amazing website. PhotoBizX.com Real advice, real strategies and real ideas to build your photography business. Okay, just before we do get into the interview with Mike, you might have seen or heard that photography business coach Jeff Brown from the UK has released a book with the title The Ambitious Photographer's Journal, which is a, a book, an actual printed soft cover book that you not only read, but you complete throughout the year as you work on your business. After I received a copy of the book, I thought, wow, like this, this is amazing. I reached out to Jeff and said, look, how would you feel about presenting some training on goal setting for PhotoBizX members and listeners for 2022 so they can really hit the ground running and make this their best year yet? He was totally up for that. So if you are hearing this announcement, there is some training coming up. It's going to be via Zoom. It's happening very early in the morning for me here in Australia and for you if you are based in Australia. Even worse if you're in Queensland, which I'm sorry about. It's at 6 a.m. 
Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time on January the 20th. Now, that's a Thursday here, but it could be your Wednesday, depending on where you are based in the world. I've got a link on how you can join the Zoom call in the show notes for today's episode. It's going to be an hour to an hour and a half max of training from Jeff. This is a hands-on training session. You'll be setting goals like your target turnover for the year, the number of photo shoots you want to be doing for the year, your target pricing and packages, your branding and brand message, things that you want to do throughout the year to grow your business, whether that's working on your website, your SEO ranking, your social media, your brand authority, how to build joint venture connections and collaborate with other businesses and also setting lifestyle goals and personal rewards like this is going to be jam-packed and full-on and if you're wondering what the cost is i'm trying something brand new for this one there is no charge to attend the training it is free to come along to the training and all i'm asking is you pay what you think it was worth after the training now that can be from zero to a hundred dollars like this is your call and there's no pressure All I want is for you to come along and attend the training and do what you can to get the most out of 2022 with your photography business. And I'm thinking this is going to be a fantastic way to do exactly that. And again, seriously, there is no obligation to pay a cent for the training if you don't get any value from it. If you get a couple of little takeaways, fantastic. Pay a nominal amount for the training. If you get a ton from it, pay a little bit more. You you know what's fair well, you will know what's fair once you sit through the training and you compare it to other things that you've done in the past. Again, no pressure. The main thing is that you are there, present, and get a ton from the training that Jeff's putting together. More details about that are in the show notes for today's episode. It's open to you whether or not you are a premium member or listening to the free version of the podcast. The show notes for today's episode are at photobizx.com forward slash 447. And you should have also received an email from me on the same topic if you are on my email list. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Okay, one last thing. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, all that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Mike. I am saving a portion of the second half of premium members only. as where we go more into the lead generation that he's doing in his business. I can promise you'll get a ton from the first half of this interview with Mike. If you'd like to hear the full interview, head over to photobizx.com forward slash try. Sign up for a $1 trial membership. Get full access to the interview today with Mike, the full back catalog. See what the membership's all about. And if you love what you're getting in that first 30 days, stay on with your membership for $20 a month. So photobizx.com forward slash try for more details on that. Welcome to another great time for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. It's rare to land on a photographer's website and feel like the copy is so good, the photographer has said everything so well to connect perfectly with their ideal clients. Today's guest has this website, and the copy feels like it truly does speak to anyone looking to book a wedding photographer today. Dive a little deeper, and yes, you'll see the photography is fantastic. And then you'll realize there's actually a team of photographers behind the work on the website. Go deeper again, and you'll see that the name on the shingle, the man behind the business, is doing everything he can to promote the work of his team of shooters over himself. Now, I don't know if this is a conscious business decision or he's simply trying to make his shooters feel special, but I'm going to hazard a guess that it's both. He's based in New Jersey and is big on being a photographer for all couples 
gay or straight, black, white or brown. I'm talking about Mike Zawadzki, and I'm wrapped to have him here with us now. Mike, welcome. Thanks, Andrew. But how does it feel when you look at your website? Does it make you feel proud? Like, is this, or is it a, a massive, you know, work in progress? Well, you know, thanks for the great intro too. You really hit a lot of points that I hope we get to, to discuss. But yeah, this website is something that I've invested a lot of time and money into over the past few years. And it's a little bit of both. I am very proud of it. And again, I appreciate the, in the intro, the kind words, because you're really getting out of it exactly what I'm hoping viewers will get out of it. And I do still feel like it's always a work in progress. And I think most photographers, regardless of their success or experience, if they're being honest with themselves, would probably say the same thing. Nice. So when you say that, you know, you have put a lot of time and effort into it, is that your time and effort or are you employing other people to do the work on the website? Well, that's a great question. When I first started, of course, I was doing everything on my own. A lot of business owners are DIYers and, and try and figure out as much as they can. But I attended some workshops with a company called ID Action Consulting run by two really uh, fabulous people, uh, Sam and Katie Jacobson. And they basically taught me, you know, hey, you're doing great work photography wise. You obviously know what you're doing a little bit with business because you're booking and you, it was a pretty high end workshop that they had uh, right before COVID. And they said, you know what, if you want to do even better, you need to delegate some things out to the experts. And it's uh, really some of the best advice I have for anybody uh, really is that, you know, I hired a copywriter. They actually did the copywriting for me. I hired a web designer named Taylor Kiker. His company's name is, his company's name is Rightfully Said. And yeah, I've just had a nice relationship with them over the past few years. And a lot of customization went into it. So even though they did the parts that they're the experts in, such as the writing or the designing, I had several Zoom calls with them, phone calls, video calls, whatever it may be, to, they basically interviewed me and asked me, all sorts of questions. I made sure to let them know it was important. And we spent so much time on that, that it was really nice to have a professional writer and a professional designer being able to execute my vision and speak my voice for me. Yeah, and look, it does that so, so well. And I love the way that you know, you've interspersed what uh, you know, client testimonials. It sounds like you're speaking in the language that couples would relate to. So did you or did your copywriter have you go out and get quotes and testimonials and you know, record interviews, you know, with past clients? Yeah. So that was uh, a big part of it was to get testimonial from clients. There's some short questionnaires that I sent out, whether that be for the website or for blogs or just in general, I like to get some feedback from previous couples and get it in their words. And even sometimes on initial consults, I'll get a great line from a couple that will say something about either my website or my work. And again, it just like before, it either makes me feel good because I know that I'm hitting the right chords and pushing the right buttons with people, but also sometimes it gives me ideas on how I can describe my own work better. And, and that's the thing too, is because I'm, you know, not to brag, but I'm a pretty decent writer myself and my website copy before this wasn't bad, but I think for a lot of creative people or just people in general, it is pretty difficult to write about yourself or talk about yourself or sometimes even describe your own work. And it was just easier to have, again, like professionals in their respective fields asking me the questions and um, getting me to open up about it a bit instead of trying to do it from scratch myself. Yeah, I totally understand that. And I think, you know, what you said is what a lot of listeners would relate to. You know, a lot of us feel like we are pretty good writers, you know, we're creative. So when you decided to, you know, make the leap and hire a web designer to hire a copywriter, 
I'm guessing that was a pretty big investment. You can share how much if you like. But did you go into that thinking, okay, if I'm going to spend $30,000 on my website, it needs to bring me back 100000 over the next two years? Is that the way you approached it? You know, that's a really good question. And, you know, it wasn't quite that much, but between all of the copywriting, different blog posts, different pages I've added, I've spent probably around fifteen to 20000 And for me, it was, it was, I was at the point in my career where I could keep doing what I was doing. And I was doing quite well in 2019 after actually, you know, just a little bit of my history, if you don't mind me adding. So I've been a wedding photographer for 14 years. I started in New Jersey. I also used to work at a camera store here called Unique Photo. I still have a nice relationship with them. And, you know, I built a lot of my connections in the industry through there and and second shooting for some of the bigger studios. That started around 2008, 2009. And then I moved to Florida in the end of 2016, early 2017, and I tried to have a business down there and I, and I did okay. And I worked with another photographer down there who's, who's still a good friend of mine. And, you know, after things didn't really work out in terms of, you know, moving back to New Jersey, I was really starting from scratch in 2018. So, you know, things just happened rapidly and I, and in some ways they still are. And I'm still learning and still figuring out how to delegate and outsource different tasks and how to be more efficient. But, you know, I was kind of hitting a plateau at that point, right before I went to this workshop. And again, I had this choice to make, I could keep doing what I was doing and just kind of winging it or trying to be a jack of all trades, you know, but I realized I wanted to really elevate myself to the next level. And also you mentioned in the intro, my team, And that all kind of happened serendipitously because right before COVID, I realized this is if I want to scale my business, I could do, I had a few different paths that I could pick from. One of them was to continue doing the amount of jobs that I was and raise my prices or do less jobs and raise my prices even more. But in the wedding industry here and probably in all different parts of the world, once you get into a certain price range, you're in like luxury or super luxury. And, you know, while that would be nice and, and, and you know, I'm not here to be the, the final arbiter or judge or, or what isn't good or, or pretty or anything like that, but it's not really my vibe, my style. I'm not, you know, I'm not the type to attend like a black tie event, at least every weekend. And there's certain kinds of challenges and obstacles that come with that market as well. And lots of, elbow rubbing and and things. It just wasn't really, you know, I'm saying it in a nice way too, but (laughs) I can hear that. (laughs) It's not my cup of tea. So I decided I really love the clients that I'm working with. And that I can say still true through today. I have developed great friendships. One of my assistants who's training to be a second photographer, Betsy, she was a a client of mine. I photographed her and her husband, Rich's wedding back in 2019. And I love the kind of relationships that I build with my clients. So circling back to what I was saying earlier, I decided, yes, I do need to raise my prices. Definitely was a big thing that I decided around that time, but I was not going to be, and I never really planned to be going into the, you know, black tie, tuxedo, swanky, New York city, fancy who's who kind of wedding. That's just not my scene. It's I have no interest in it. And I decided, well, I can scale my business by developing a team because I really love the people who work with me. There's such a variety too. Like I mentioned, Betsy was a past client. There's Tiffany, who's, you know, my best friend and kind of my right hand in this business. She takes on the most jobs in terms of second shooting, but also lead 
photographer, you know, I trust her enough to do even some different like uh, intake consults with prospective clients. She's done all sorts of different things for me, design and some editing. So, you know, she's, she's a really core member of my team, but beyond her, there's also, you know, Antonio who I met in college back in 2007. So I've known him for basically the whole, in fact, he actually got me into weddings. I always said, oh, when I was in art school back then, I never want to do weddings. That's that's selling out. That's too like commercial. <laughs> I, I like creating art, but at the time I needed a good way to start paying my student loans because here in the US, like, student loan debt is like a big crisis. And I was like, I got to figure out something to do. And I started doing weddings. And it's funny because a lot of people in this industry end up burning out a bit the longer they do it. And, and this year really has tried everybody, myself included. But I know that I'm on the right track and this is the right career for me because I like it more now than ever. I thought it was just going to be initially something that I would do for, you know, maybe a few years to pay off my loans. And then I would get back to doing fine art or landscapes or whatever it may be, maybe something more like traditional portraiture. But I ended up loving weddings and more and more each year I enjoy the career. So building the team's always been important to me. I've actually got some new pages that are just unlinked URLs on my website that talk about my team and, you know, have examples of their work and some group photos that we did together. And, you know, I mentioned before it was serendipitous that it all kind of came together because it was before COVID that I decided to do this. It was like right before I'd kind of started to see some of the headlines about it, but it wasn't in like the front part of my brain. I, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm doing this because, you know, there's going to be a lot of logistics and, and issues and challenges that related to the pandemic. But it was just seemed like a great idea to expand the team because I had some people asking me, uh, prospective clients on calls, oh, well, you know, what happens if you're sick or uh, you can't make the wedding or, you know, what if something worse happened, like you, you know, passed away or some pretty like some questions that probably are a bit, you know, far-fetched, but, but, you know, you never know. And just started to inspire me. And I started to also get lots of leads. My lead generation just started to skyrocket around that time. And then especially since the new website and copy was done, I mean, I get tons of leads almost every day, multiple leads. And I was like, I booked myself already. I need, I, I would like rather to be able to not turn these people away or, you know, there are friends I have in the industry who are very close to me and also dear friends that, you know, if it just doesn't seem like a good fit for my company or before this, if I was, I was booked out, but I said, you know what, why should I be losing money? I'm not being able to book these leads. I have a lot of great friends in the industry of people who I trust, people who I've built all sorts of different unique relationships with. Why not try to scale my business? And just happened to be really good timing because obviously with COVID and postponements and cancellations. And the biggest thing was the double booking because we would have, uh, for example, a 2021 wedding for, let's say it was a popular October date or September, everything became a popular date eventually. But back uh, and when COVID first started and the cancellations started coming in, you know, some people were very accommodating and communicative with me about picking out a new date. And I very much appreciated that. And I loved those people even more, but some people didn't, and they just picked a new date. And initially I definitely had some resentment against couples who did that because it's like, well, I guess you're just trying to screw me then. But Eventually, I had you know pretty quickly some more empathy about that because it may have been out of the control. That's the only date their venue had, or there could have been family reasons. So a lot of people, and also too, really with the scarcity of dates, people were just picking what they could take. And I and thinking about it now, and again back then, it came 
it like dawned on me. Well, I, you know, it's kind of probably out of their control too. And they're dealing with so much. I, I shouldn't have any negative feelings towards people who are doing that, but I needed a, a solution for it. And that's where, you know, Tiffany and some other members of my team really have stepped up big and were able to fill in those dates. And the workshop I attended was about some of the stuff we've discussed already in terms of copywriting, sales psychology, having a good website, how to speak to clients. And all of that really culminated to a point where I was very comfortable talking to a couple and telling them, hey, you picked out a date that I'm not available for, but here is someone from my team, Tiffany, who is a very strong photographer. We use the same equipment. You know, she's done X amount of weddings with me. We've worked together for years and, you know, I'll still be here as kind of the overseer or CEO to make sure that you have a good experience and that you get photos that are consistent with the style and the full experience and, you know, the reasons you originally hired me for. So that's, uh, it all kind of happened very quickly, but that's kind of the backstory of building the team. Sure. Did you have to give many refunds during COVID? There were a few. I mean, there were some people, there was a, one couple that was very honest with me and told me that they had broken up and they didn't want to use COVID as an excuse. And because of the amount of work I had done for them, a very extensive engagement session that was spread across multiple days. I, you know, there's a partial refund. There were other people that had some very tragic circumstances happen and I gave them full refunds. But all in all, it's hard to think. And there were some people who I refunded that ended up referring me to their friends and family. And I'm photographing their friends and family's weddings so this year, next year. Yeah. So all in all, you know, I don't want to give the advice and say like, oh, like whenever someone has a problem or like an issue, like always give a refund because I think things should be handled on a case by case basis. But I tried to have a lot of empathy for people. And it seemed like not only was it a good business decision because of what I mentioned already, but it seemed like the right thing to do at the time. And, you know, when something is a good business decision and the, feels like the right thing to do, I usually just go with it in that way. And yeah, so there were some, but ultimately, again, I don't want to give the advice saying you should always do that because let's say I had 50 weddings that needed to be canceled. I obviously couldn't be refunding 50 clients, but thankfully things didn't get quite that bad. And because of the steps I had taken in building the team and, and building my voice and learning how to talk to people, how to connect with people that, you know, really helped save me quite a bit of money and uh, stress. Fantastic. One of the things I have noticed, and it may be hidden, but I don't see it anyway, is, and what a lot of other photographers did do, is they seem to branch into you know, running courses or workshops, designing presets, I started shooting portraits, you know, during COVID, whereas it looks like you've stayed with your core business. So how did you handle the storm? Great question. So thankfully, I was able to get some assistance through, you know, the programs that the um, the SBA, the, you know, the, the government, small business, yeah, the government loans. And, and also too, I just really, you know, I, saw a lot of people quit. I saw a lot of people diversify and, and some people did some great things. I have a, a good friend of mine. His name is Neil. He has a studio here. He specializes in like, he used to do more weddings, but he does more, does like time lapses and headshots. He does basically everything. He's very like tech savvy guy, knows the ins and outs of pretty much every camera, lighting or gadget. And he's done all sorts of things during COVID, like even live streaming, like funerals, which people couldn't attend. So there were certainly some good avenues, but I made a conscious decision even before the pandemic that this is my focus and I just wanted to to really 
keep hammering at it and I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to, not to say that people who decided to do other things were giving up, but I was very grateful to still have leads coming in during COVID, during some of the worst months of COVID. I mean, it's funny. I look at my Google calendar from month to month. And of course, March and April of 2020, it's very empty compared to the year before that and every month since then. But pretty much once things started to be possible again, even smaller weddings. So I'd say if we did diversify or branch out, it would. we did some smaller weddings. Like, for example, many people who were getting married this year in 2021 decided to have a smaller celebration last year. And I was photographing a decent amount of those. And certainly my income was lower but I didn't want to let up on the momentum I had been building up before it. And there were certain things that were out of my control and and having acceptance of the fact that there was so much out of my control. Initially, I think just like many other people, I was fearful. I was wondering, is this even because who knew, you know, who knows how COVID was going to be like, how long is this going to last? Are people going to still have the same kind of weddings after, but I just had the hunch that, it was the wedding industry is going to boom even bigger once things stabilize a bit. And it really has. I mean, I think no matter what, people are always going to get married, no matter how, you know, one of the funny things I see in, in photography groups on Facebook and elsewhere is like whenever a new iPhone comes out, people get worried and say, oh no, like, you know, is this going to like devalue our jobs? But no, there's so much more than, you know, how good the camera is in this industry for being successful. People are always going to want to hire professional who will help guide them because people care, of course, about the quality of the pictures and the style, but they care even more about how they'll be treated and how easy the experience will be for them. So I didn't want to do anything else. I was like, I've made this decision and I had already invested a lot of that money into the copywriting and the uh, website. So like, I'm not doing the porch sessions or the, you know, switching to something else. I didn't want to and I guess this didn't work out. I would have maybe, but I really enjoy weddings and I just, I knew I could do it. I knew that there would be light at the end of the tunnel. And, and yeah, I'm very grateful for, you know, once things even started to pick back up a little bit later in the spring and early summer, I was just, and I still am, like I said, bombarded with inquiries and leads every day. And yeah, so things worked out and more so the thought crossed my mind that I'm not going to be able to do this anymore because it's out of my control and it's a different world we live in more so than ever the thought of like, oh, well, maybe I'll do something else. Yeah. Mike, you've already given me so many different avenues we can go and explore, but just to give the listener a bit of, I guess, an idea of where you're at right now, can you give us an idea of your revenue? Sure. So right now we're grossing about 300000 this year, should be a little bit higher next year. I mean, my goal is within the next seven years to turn this into a million dollar company. And that sounds quite ambitious. And of course the overhead goes up, but it is a goal of mine. I have, I've been again, working with Sam and, you know, I still do, even though haven't been able to attend a bigger workshop and I don't think they've had one since then because of COVID and and people's hesitance and people's just busyness right now. But I still do semi-frequent Zoom calls with him to to strategize for the future. And that, that is my goal is to really scale this business. And I'm trying to figure out right now what the next steps are for that in terms of where I'm advertising, you know, if I'm going to hire somebody full-time, which is quite a big commitment to come on and be like my studio manager or, you know, administrative assistant, that kind of role. I think that's really where I could use the most help. I'm still handling most of the operations by myself. And I know that in order to scale to the numbers and the level that I want to, that 
I need to bring on some extra help in that regard. But no, I'm, I'm really excited about being able to, you know, I've got a great team around me that this year I've built it even more. You know, we have video that we're offering now and a great group of assistants who are going to be graduating into second photographers, second photographers who want to graduate into lead photographers. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to believe that this is all really happening, but it is. And I just know that some of the decisions that I need to make and it's weird. As much as I love photographing weddings, you know, I've got a pretty full calendar for next year. I think 2022 is going to end up being, they say in, uh, I don't know if it's in the U.S. as a whole or definitely in this New Jersey, New York, like metro area. It's going to be the busiest year since sometime in the 80s in terms of, you know, so it's a kind of like a once in a generation type of... Full weddings, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think typically there's about twenty five to 30,000 weddings a year in the area. And I think next year is going to be 45 to 50,000. So I don't know. I'm not looking at those figures exactly. So I don't want to say that's a hundred percent fact, but the disparity between what's average and what's coming next year is about that amount. And it's going to be a boom year. So I, I really need to make some smart decisions on, again, staffing. Like I said before, I just put in some more investment into copywriting for new pages. I need to expand my blog a little bit. And, you know, earlier you mentioned, I just want to circle back to you mentioning educational platform presets or tutorials, uh, video content like TikTok or Instagram Reels. And I've done a little bit on Instagram Reels, but again, I've just kind of really run out of time to or bandwidth to do that. And I enjoy, actually enjoyed doing that. But yes, that, that actually is something It's funny. When I wasn't as busy, I was like, I'm not going to do this because... This just seems like it would be useless fluff at the time. And that some people, you know, for their own mental health or just um, from boredom did those things then. And, and that's great, but it is a pretty saturated market, but there, and there certainly is validity to it. But now that I'm growing and, and busier than ever, I actually do want to spend more time on exploring some platforms and, and I would like to, you know, I do have a group on Facebook called Stars and Souls you know, photography education. And it kind of actually was somewhat busy during COVID because we were having weekly like Zoom chats where we would discuss photography, business, the pandemic, uh, some of like the different social issues in the U.S. Um, regarding everything that was going on last year between, you know, the police shootings and racial tension and just all sorts of things going on. We discussed all of it and it was, it was really nice. More so, it really was just a way for all of us to mentally and be there for each other and support each other because we couldn't in person. And I made some really nice friends on those group calls. But now, you know, that you mentioned presets, education, all that, I really would like to explore that a bit more. But I need to first, again, make some of those big decisions about delegating, outsourcing, and getting some more help so I have the time to do it. Because again, as much as I love weddings and I have a nice full calendar, I actually don't even have any dates available next year uh, for myself. <laughs> I would in the future like to do less weddings, like 15 to 20 a year, have my team doing more so I can spend some time. You know, uh, My girlfriend, Melanie, and I would like to eventually get engaged, be married, have kids in the future. And I'd like to, again, as much as I love weddings, I really did bite off a little bit more than I could chew this year in terms of, again, mental bandwidth, mental health, you know, having a a fair work-life balance. And, you know, I, I think that sometimes people in our industry who are entrepreneurs can, it's important to really dedicate yourself and throw yourself into everything as much as you can. But I think sometimes in this industry, 
people wear that overworking themselves too much as like a badge of honor and it shouldn't be because yeah. burnout is a very real thing. So in the future, I'd like to work on other projects. In the future, I might even like to open my own wedding venue some point down the line. Wow. So there's a lot of ideas <laughs> I have, <laughs> but um, first I need to figure out how to, how to delegate some more work first. For sure. I'm sure you've had this conversation either, you know, with your partner, with uh, potentially with your team, or even with the, the people you've been doing workshops with, but it's your name on the business. Have you ever considered that to be limiting? Like, should your name come off the name of the business if you're going to be pushing a team to save clients asking for you specifically? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that's come up. And early on in the process of building a team and wanting to scale the business. That was certainly something I thought about. And it did seem to be a a, a hang up and a hang up for you or for other people? For other people. Like they're like, oh well it's like, you know, it's you. And but my copy and you know, everything that you mentioned in the intro about you get the sense about not only me, but also the team, the way I spoke about it, you know, the canned responses that I use is like a you know, not that I ever really just send someone a, a canned response fully. It's just a, a starting point for an email when I respond to somebody. But, you know, the way I was talking about the team and the way I was talking about, you know, myself and, you know, not trying not to use, instead of saying very simple sales psychology type of thing, instead of saying, no, sorry, I'm not available. Now I say something along the lines of, hey, I have great news. We have a team photographer, Tiffany, available for your wedding. She's been doing weddings for 15 years. We've worked together for, you know, X amount of years. And she does like 30 weddings for us a year. Here's a, her bio and some of her portfolio. And here's her calendar. So you can set up a time to talk with her or, or talk with me first. I like to do the initial calls uh, first myself and then have them speak with the team photographer after I've gotten to speak with them. In fact, that's the last thing I would give up in this business is the sales because that's what it's all about. And it is circling back to what you said about my name being on it. My name is on it. So I want to be the one handling the sales. And, you know, occasionally I'll get a lead. Like I had someone who was very much eager to book a time to talk with me. She had found me on Instagram and she emailed me and it was a date for next year. And I, I told her the same thing I tell everybody else about not having availability, but offering. And she said, oh, well, you know, my fiance and I only want to hire you and we're not comfortable with them. Um, and uh, I said, Hey, well, you know, unfortunately, and I try and be polite as I can. I said, unfortunately, you're a little bit late in the game to <laughs> trying to book a photographer for the spring of next year or summer of next year. Uh, you know, you're going to have a hard time finding somebody. And if you like our style and, you know, here's like three gallery links to weddings, Tiffany's done by herself or, you know, or as the lead, of course, with a, a second photographer there too. But um, and I never heard back from her and that's fine. But in general, it's not a barrier anymore. I, I think like you asked earlier, is it a, a hang up for me or for them? There was a certain level of fear on my end too. Like, oh no, I'm just waiting, just waiting for the person to say like, oh, we we thought it was going to be you. But now it doesn't really happen that much. And when it does, I don't care. I mean, uh, of course, I don't say that to sound arrogant or, or from a place of hubris because I always think I can improve how I'm talking about myself or my business, but I'm just, I don't care in the sense that, I know that we're doing a great job converting the leads that are for team members and that, you know, I'm doing a great job building the team and that you know, there's always going to be a couple here or there. There's even, you know, people who've been referred to me by past clients that I'm not available for. And I guess, you know, there's a level of trust there. So they're apt to, to uh, prone to trust me more than I guess a stranger who found me anywhere. But in general, 
you know, even the people, I guess I mentioned that because those people who were referrals from a friend or family member were hoping to have me because their friends or family who referred me had me as their photographer. But even someone who was excited about me can be sold to or, you know, shown the advantage of hiring a team member and, and what, you know, we bring to the table in terms of it's not just a random group of people either. And that's really what I try, especially on the initial consults, phone calls or Zoom calls is to to really hammer home the point that this is a group of friends. This is not a random, you know, I'm not going on Craigslist. I'm not going on Facebook <laughs> and saying like, and you know what, I'll be honest with you. I'm in some of the Facebook groups here in New Jersey. There's some people that run bigger studios that just go on Facebook and say like, Hey, like here's some dates. I need lead shooters. And that's just, I choose to not run my business that way because when I first started back in, you know, 2008, nine, I worked for some of the bigger studios uh, the factory type places that are here in New Jersey. And there's a few of them. And and um, I know some of the people that work there still, and they do pretty good work, some of them. But at the same time, they're also sourcing people in a similar way where they're just, um, I wouldn't say they're necessarily going on Craigslist or Facebook, but they're more liberal with the talent pool that they're willing to dip into. Whereas I choose to work with people who I've built relationships with and who I really trust. And again, some people say like, oh, I could never work with my friends. And there's certainly challenges to it because, you know, for example, when um, Tiffany and I have a disagreement about business, it's tough because we're also very good friends and it can be tough to separate those things at times. But the advantages, I think, in this industry and the kind of intent and spirit I want my business to have, the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. For sure, for sure. No, that makes total sense. You've mentioned the term sales psychology a couple of times, and I want to circle back to that in just a minute. But before we go down that road, it's pretty clear that your website is your, I don't know if it's your lead generation machine, but it's the focal point. Are you relying on the website to do the heavy lifting by you know using other traffic sources to get to your website or you just let the website do its own thing via seo well you know seo is something that this winter i really need to drill down on and because before i switched to this beautiful website that i have on show it now i was on squarespace and you know squarespace is certainly a great platform and you can do a lot with it it's very user-friendly but uh it does come a certain point when you look at a Squarespace site and you know it's a Squarespace site. The good thing was, though, is that I had it up for so long that the SEL was very good on it. And that's been a bit of a challenge to build that back up for some of the more general broad terms, for example, like New Jersey wedding photographer. I'll admit I'm not ranking very well for it, but for more specific terms, like there's a venue I like working at here called the Art Factory. And for Art Factory engagement photographer, art factory, wedding photographer, or other venues, like more specific search queries, I'm showing up very high, like within the the top 10 results. So yeah, it does help some. Instagram has been great for me lately. Um, Referrals, I advertise on on the knot. So there's uh, certainly places where people are, I'm paying to have people come to my website. But back to what you said about it being the lead generator, it's certainly the most powerful tool I have. And it's the tool that I have the most control over. Instagram might change their algorithm or TOS where it won't be as powerful as a tool for me. The knot might be, and you know, who knows with them, it's tough to tell. I mean, I've definitely gotten a lot of business for them, but you know, they change their pricing. It might be something that I decide not to use anymore. So that's why I said before, I do need to drill down on on some more SEO and, and blogging 
this uh, off season over the next few months. But yeah, the website's the most powerful tool. And if someone does end up there, I feel pretty strongly that I have a, a good chance of booking them because of like sales psychology, the way the, the copy is written to take the reader, the viewer through the website to guide them, call to action buttons, even visually the way the text is laid out, the different like patterns on the screen it makes like in terms of like an inverted like pyramid, like like longer text at the top and going down into the CTA button, things like that, which all might seem minuscule and, and stuff, but as ingredients or pieces of a larger puzzle, I think that invaluable things like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So with your website being the, the lead generator machine and the fact you are using things like the knot and Instagram and Facebook, are you pointing all those other places to your website? Yes. Right. Everything's got to come back to the, by the website. That's the aim. Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. So then, so for lead generation, what are you actually doing? Are you running Facebook ads? Are you advertising on Instagram? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. If you want to get a good education and foundation on business in wedding, anything. Now, I'm not saying that all photographers are bad at giving business advice because I'm hopefully giving some good business advice here. But if you want a good foundation in business and sales and client communication, especially the financial, like taxes, those sides of things, go to the experts in those fields. And those aren't necessarily photographers. In fact, the education market or sub-market of wedding photography is so saturated right now with so much bad information and people who are just, um, you know, that's why I've also been a little hesitant to get into it myself because I really, if I'm going to teach somebody, and I love teaching too, for example, on December 11th at the camera store I used to work for, I'm doing a two-part workshop on how I pose couples and make uh, the use of the most of any location, whether it's, uh, you know, because anybody could take a good picture on like a sunset on a, on a or looking over, looking like a villa in Italy. But how do you make <laughs> the most out of like a parking lot? So I'm doing a, a first part of the workshop is that. And the second part is how I use AI software. I use two pieces of software. One's called Aftershoot for culling the images. The second is called Imagine AI for editing the images. It's on how I've used artificial intelligence, editing and culling to manage my insane workflow this year. So I'm an expert on those two things. I feel super comfortable talking about those things because I live and breathe it and I'm very at ease. And actually I love teaching people back when I worked at the camera store too. I used to teach like lighting courses, basic camera courses. I used to teach some camera courses at a university because it's what I'm an expert in. But as much as I am, I'm very flattered that you asked me to come on, on the podcast. And I think that I have a pretty good understanding of business. And I'm an expert in certain things, I'd say, with, with wedding photography business. But for people who are just starting out, again, my advice would be to turn to people who are experts in sales, um, accounting, marketing, advertising, read the books. Uh, there's lots of good books that are like the classics on those, whether you like to listen or to read books, there's there's so much information out there that goes beyond the fluff because there's tons of photographers right now 
selling presets or doing like, you know, workshops and stuff. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to poo poo the whole thing. I'm sure there's, there's photographers offering great information out there. One day I'd like to offer great information to people, whether I'd probably be more photography focused than, than business focused, but I've, I've had some people ask me to speak about it. And I spoke once at a workshop about business a little bit, but, and, and I really did, uh, I do appreciate coming on, on uh, your podcast to talk about business, but that again, Circling back to what I said, if you're just starting out and you said uh, earlier that some of the or a lot of the listeners might be uh, newer photographers than I am, don't get caught up in the trap of buying every preset, going to every workshop, be very careful about who you give your money to and make sure that they're an actual expert in their field and not just somebody who's trying to, to, to sell you like a template or a preset or just something that's very cookie cutter compared to more in-depth, hands-on experience. Yeah. Mate, I totally agree. I totally agree. Mike, mate, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything you have. I'm going to add links to uh, obviously your website and your social media accounts. Uh, I'll get the uh, link to your group as well and also where you're teaching uh, once we finish the recording. Sure. And I'll have them in the show notes. And also, look, you, you did catch my attention when you said you enjoyed the wildlife when you're living down in Florida. I can guarantee that you will love the wildlife if you ever get to Australia, and there's a lot more of it. So uh, it'd be good to see you out here at some stage. Congratulations on your success, on growing the team, and um, and how things are going, mate. Thank it's, you. It's been a massive pleasure to talk to you. So again, thank you so much, Mike. Likewise. It's been a blast. I mean, I could even keep going. I love talking about this stuff. So um, if you ever want to continue the conversation at some point in the future, I'd love to come back on. And uh, I really appreciate you uh, reaching out to me. Thank you. I love that. I love that. I love to hear when you hit the $1 million revenue and um, love to hear all about it. So again, thanks. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Mike as much as I did. Mike, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did. I love the business that you're building, that you've built to date, and how you're going about growing it. And again, massive thanks for coming on and sharing what you have. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Mike had to share. If you have a follow-up question for him, you can use the comments area at the bottom of the show notes, which are at photobizx.com forward slash 447. Now, in those show notes, I've got examples of his beautiful work. I've got links to anything and everything that he mentioned. It's all there in that one spot. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Mike into the members' Facebook group. So you can follow up with him there or just say thanks for coming on and sharing what you did. It's shout-out time. I've got two big shout-outs for today's episode. The first one goes to documentary family photographer Eric Stauffer in the U.S., Eric is new to the PhotoBizX Premium Membership, but he has been listening to the free version of the podcast for a long time. It's great to have him part of the membership, and I'm looking forward to hearing about his business growing as a result. So Eric, if you are listening, mate, thank you so much for taking the time to leave that lovely review in Google. It really is a big help to me and helping other photographers find the podcast. And I look forward to seeing you in the group as well. The second big shout out goes to Kent pet photographer Adam Gray in the UK. Adam has been a PhotoBizX premium member for a long time now. He left an amazing review in Google. And he says PhotoBizX is the Google of photography, which I absolutely love. And he says in his second paragraph, Andrew has provided me with weekly content for the last two years and his podcasts have gotten me from being a part-time photographer to having my own business full-time. I'm so thankful that he's always ready on Facebook Messenger or whatever platform we're communicating through if you need advice about marketing and photography or anything else related. And he goes on to say, 
that even though Andrew can't answer every question right away himself, he'll point out other experts who might be able to help your situation. And that is absolutely true. So if I don't have an answer for you, I never proclaim to be the expert of all things photography business, there's a good chance I've interviewed someone that is in your shoes or knows what you can or should be doing next to get you to where you want to be. And I will always point you in the right direction if I can, just like Adam said. So Adam, to you as well, mate, massive thanks for taking the time to leave that lovely review in Google. And to both you and Eric, I've added links pointing back to your websites using the keyword phrases that you're looking to rank for to help you with your SEO. So if you are listening to this and looking to improve your SEO and want to have more backlinks pointing to your website, simply leave a review, an honest review, for the PhotoBizX podcast in Google or iTunes. Let me know that you've done that. Let me know the URL that you'd like me to link to and the keyword phrase you'd like me to use for the anchor text. And I'll happily add those links from photobizx.com pointing back to your website, which will improve your SEO. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Big thanks again to Mike for coming on and sharing everything he did. Don't forget about the training with Jeff Brown coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Photography business goal setting for 2022. Details are in the show notes for today's episode, which are at photobizx.com forward slash 447. Or if you want more details, there's a post inside the members' Facebook group and you should have received an email from me as well. All right, wherever you are in the world, have a fantastic week. Stay safe, healthy, and well, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 